I was now making money off this music he played in the movie. He's getting like five million dollars. Uh, so they're saying he could profit, but most likely that the court won't let him. That's good. That's good. Select the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm gonna make sure it's broke. When I'm going, no one gets on. Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder. Damn, but think about it. Then you're Welcome back to Cinema 7. Uh, it's Mario B again. I'm hosting yet another episode. But joining me today, joining me on this episode, is none other than good old Josh Haddix. What is up, my peeps? Josh Haddix is back. He hasn't been here since Resident Evil. I mean, Hereditary. Uh, yeah, Hereditary, right? Yeah, but Hereditary had some evil in that residence. So that counts. <laughs> yeah, that episode didn't uh, record quite well. And so I believe I had to unpost it. I tried my best, but it was uh, there was a lot going on in that mm-hmm. uh, in that feed. But uh, no, wait, you did it. I think you did a final countdown with us. It was me, you, me, did you not? No, I think I texted you it. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, Josh is back, (laughs) and we're talking about Joker, so this is going to be a great episode, because last time Josh was fully on the podcast, uh, there was some controversy surrounding what we could say, uh, certain words we could say, but now were explicit so if you're listening to us you should probably turn off the podcast (laughs) so josh has full reins of whatever he's gonna he wants to say uh but before we get in the joker josh what you been up to man how have you been i miss you um well uh yeah that's right in case you guys don't know i mean most of you guys should know because we're fucking cool but um Mario's at my wedding. He's actually my best man. And that was uh, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks ago, pretty much on the dot. But uh, after that, um, I mean, before that, I was watching The Boys on Amazon, which was phenomenal. I think I've seen it twice now. And yeah. uh, before that, it's The Haunting of Hill House. And that's pretty much it so far. Dude, Haunting of Hill House was great. And The it Boys The Boys is just spectacular. The Boys was like, at first I thought it'd be like, oh, they're just trying too hard to be like the new Umbrella Academy. That's what I thought it'd be like. I went into it not knowing Jack, and I came out going, this is phenomenal. I want more of it. Oh my god, yeah. Dude, it was, uh, we'll have to talk about it, like, when season two comes out or something, and we'll just, we'll just go into it, because... I was kind of hoping, like, um, secretly, they would, like, screw with you, and, like, at the end, like, Myler spoiler for the end of The Boys, but, like... When they find out that like so and so's alive and so and so's kid is so and so's kid, it'd be kind of cool if that kid was actually the kid from Brightburn that came out earlier this year. Like tie it in. Yeah, like so. I remember I watched Brightburn once. I thought it was like pretty cool, but not worth the movie price ticket. But like I was watching, I was like, oh, everyone's like, oh, it's like it's like a Superman enemy, blah blah. blah. I was like, what if it relates to the boys though? Because he had all the exact powers that that dude had, but he was alien. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know. I, but, I still haven't seen Brightburn. So it's, it's, I would say like, it's definitely like a good, like 
like a Netflix or a Redbox. I wouldn't say it's worth like 20 bucks or more, but it's really fun, though. It's like one of those fun, cheesy movies, like way better than Resident Evil. (laughs) Oh, well, anything's better than Resident Evil. Oh, yeah, man. Crap. Yeah. What else you been up to? Um, You got a puppy. We got a puppy. He's five months. He's a hound slash something mix. I don't know. He's really bony right now because we only rescue. We don't believe in a like going from breeder. So we rescued our first dog and we rescued this new one. So we're training him. He's actually pretty smart. So, I mean, so far it's not bad. We're just trying to get some weight on him. Cause like he's severely underweight right now. You can see his bones, but he's doing pretty good. So you got two ugly kids. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's Kentucky, man. Incest, whatever. Let's do it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I don't know whoever saw it. I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but when I was in Kentucky, it, like I saw nothing but white people. So I, it, Kentucky is so white. Even the dirt was white. It, it's pretty bad when like Mario came by and they were like, Oh, he's the tannest one here. It's like, Oh God, I'm the tannest one there. That is not true. <laughs> Your wife's dad was pretty tan. That, that sly, That's sly man. <laughs> <laughs> so slick and sly. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, um, movies coming out i uh, i mean i just saw a trailer for that new horror flick with that dude from stranger things the turning i don't know how i feel bad it looks like it revolves around spiders i kind of hope it does because spiders freak me out and that would be a good horror movie and they freak you out too so that'd be perfect uh, hey spiders um, i do want to see the lighthouse i really want to see the lighthouse that's a hipster's wet dream right there and i love that kind of stuff and, what's, uh, what's the lighthouse about it's that black and white one with willem dafoe and uh pattinson i didn't see that it's not, I think it comes out like next week, but like it's gotten like fantastic reviews. It's from the guy who did The Witch though. So if you didn't like The Witch, you ain't going to like this one. Oh, gotcha. And, uh, exactly. And then um, the guy who did, uh, I think, Good Times with Robert Pattinson made a new film with Adam Sandler. It's like something gemstone, I think. But they're saying it's Adam Sandler's like possibly win the Academy for. It's his like first serious role in forever. And like, I don't like Adam Sandler, but like he looks great in this movie. So I might see that too. I haven't really watched anything new. Do you watch Big Mouth? Because I think that just came out, too. Oh, my God. Yes, we binged the third season. <laughs> Big- that's my humor right there. It's just like grotesque shit out of nowhere. and It's fantastic. <laughs> Big Mouth is pretty funny. It's it's pretty outrageous. Like, I just love how like they're not afraid. I mean, like, in a non-weird, like, kitty porn way, like, they can show, like, five-year-olds doing weird shit and puberty and all that like it's just funny it's not like supposed to be like super sexual like because like oh it's like a serious thing it's just it's just so funny and outrageous you didn't think they'd go that far and they go even farther so the joker josh yes i'm gonna ask you straight up first question should you see it in the theaters yeah absolutely is it worth the ticket price um so it depends because i went to like the part of the theater where it's like it was 16 bucks a pop because we were also getting uh, lunch served with it. It's like a dine-in thing almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say, I would say it's definitely worth seeing for $16, but the food there was crap. So don't buy the food where I went. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I think it's great. Like you don't really need like a, a super duper surround sound like our theater did. Cause it's like a brand new uh, theater room built just for, it had like a thousand seats in it. Not really, but like, it had like 400 seats, but like it was so early in the day. There was only like five of us in there. I think it's worth it because it just it like the soundtrack is phenomenal for it. like not even just like the uh, the copyright music but like the original score for it is just really freaking cool. Like it's very like suspense and then like um 
especially when he does like his snappings, you can kind of hear the gushing of the blood and like the bullet hit in the skull. It's pretty cool. The violence is pretty. Uh, it's not like super violent, but the scenes where it does get violent, it, it's very. Um, was the the word? It's raw. Like you said earlier, we're gonna do it raw. It's like a snuff film. Yeah. It really is. Like it's it's like it's like kind of jumping ahead a little bit. Like when he killed uh, spoiler, we're just gonna spoiler screws. Yeah. Right, so right when he kills uh, De Niro on the TV show. People were like, this is one of the controversies too. It's like, oh, it was just so realistic, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, yeah, I hope, I hope it kind of was. Cause like, I feel like out of all the DC comics, Batman was one of the ones where it's like, yeah, there's a little bit of sci fi in it. But like, the main thing is like, it's just basically people are the enemy. Like, people are the psychopaths. And I think it's why Joker did so well. Is like, the whole movie, I think people, I think people who saw it and didn't like it were expecting like, oh, he's Ledger's Joker the whole movie. Like, no, it's, it's more of a character movie where like, you, you start off with this guy who doesn't know. Like, there is no Batman. It's him just finding himself. When he finds himself, he just becomes a Joker. And that's why it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, he, um, it's almost like, you know, because there's that line when he's talking to De Niro about, if I was dead in the street, you would walk over me. Yes. So it's like. Gosh, I've been watching that clip over and over again when I shower and on YouTube. I get bored. Yeah. I look up Joker reactions. That's always like one of the clips that shows. I just love watching it in a weird way. And then the sad thing is, like, when we were watching it, like, my, my, um, my wife was like, oh, I didn't like it that much. I asked her why. She goes, Well, I don't, I don't like him. I was like, You don't like Joaquin Phoenix? She goes, No, I don't like his body in this movie. It freaks me out. I'm like, well, that's the point. Like, if it freaks you out, it did its job. Because well, I didn't like it, I like Jared Leto's better. And when she said I like Jared Leto's better, that's where I can't can't trust her. But you know, <laughs> I hated Jared Leto's Joker. I I didn't care a crap for it. And apparently, it just announced today too on like some channel. Jared Leto was upset. They did a movie without him about Joker. He's like he didn't like Joaquin Phoenix's performance, and everyone's like it's because it's butthurt. He really is butthurt over it. I don't mean like I think he's being a little passive aggressive about. Well, not passive aggressive, but you know what I mean. He's he's being a little. Uh, yeah, so he's kind of shutting down the performance, I think. Yeah, it's like, we know Jared Leto can act. We saw him in Dallas Buyers Club, and he, you know, like, I wouldn't say it's Oscar-worthy, but he was pretty good. He won the Oscar for it, good for him. I mean, he was in Fight Club, and that's one of my favorite roles by him is because, you know, he gets his face pummeled in. But it's like, other than that, like, <laughs> he's got a successful band, a successful acting career. Like, what more do you want, man? Yeah. Like, he already got an Oscar. Like, just chill. Did you see Mr. Nobody? Uh, the, oh, wait, yeah, it wasn't, not Lawrence first, but someone else was in the, yeah, Jared Leto was in that one. That one was all right. It was a cool little, like, low-budget flick. Yeah. Talking about indie movies, that's, that's a pretty good, uh, indie movie if you like, uh... Sci-fi. Sci-fi, yeah. Yeah. I think it is worth seeing in theaters if you're in a comfortable place mentally. If you like Batman, if you like DC... If you like those type of movies where it's very character driven and you like the and you like movies that are really well paced in the sense of storytelling that I I mean, I always talk about that. I think this is a great movie to see in theaters. If you're not comfortable where you are to see those type of things that you might be able to relate to. Or, you know, um, because that scene where he talks about dying in the street and people walking over him he's kind yeah. of there's a lot of people that relate to that in the sense of they uh, feel it's that like, it's like i like i said things like that multiple times like not in like in a, like a weird like depression but i said things like that to people and they're like you don't think like that i'm like it's kind of the truth because like it's like when um 
well, we're just doing spoilers anyways. It's like when Thomas Wayne was like, those three people on the subway, you know, I didn't know them, but they were great people. Everyone's like, oh, R.I.P. And, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, a.k.a. the Joker, it was like, no one should care for him. I was there. I killed him. He goes, they were dicks. They were trying to sexually harass a girl, essentially. He goes, and technically, I accidentally stopped it because I was laughing, and I killed them because they deserve it. He goes, they're, they're scum. And, you know, it basically, it's the, the really cool cool slash kind of scary thing is like not that it's like 100 percent relatable but when it got to the point where it's like it's the rich versus the poor and thomas wayne calls the poor you know they're just clowns that's what they are but then like all of a sudden the next press conference he's like oh but like i'm gonna fix them i'm our only help i'm the good guy it's like you can't you can't criticize someone and then be like i'm gonna help you you're just being a dick and you're just doing it to get attention it's like you're the good guy like on the talk show and de niro called him in he's like you wanted me here to embarrass me in front of everyone you didn't care about how I am. You don't care who I am. You just wanted me here. So you look like you're the good guy making fun of me and bringing me on a show, giving me the good, like, oh, I'm under your wing and all that when I'm not. You're here to embarrass me. And that's why I'm here. And I think that's fantastic. That's why, like, all these viral trends of, like, hey, this Chewbacca mom is going on Conan and she won a million dollars. Good for her. But it's like, you're there because we're laughing at you. Yeah. And, you, like, I mean, good for you if that was your goal. But most people are like, oh, I got viral, like, the I like Turtles kid. Old meme. That kid's probably in high school now, and he still gets called that, and he probably freaking hates it, man. Oh, yeah, really, for sure. But he also probably gets, like, so much money off it. But then again, he probably doesn't. It's just – it's things like that where it's like, yeah, I think it's funny, but, like, is it funny for the right reason or not? And I think that's why it's fantastic is because, like like I said before, like, some of the things he says, man, are just like, oh, my God, I 100% agree with it. And you, sh- you really shouldn't be. But the good thing is you're like, am I rooting for this bad guy? And you kind of are. And the good thing is, like, he's not made to be really a bad guy. He's made to be like – Hey, he's just one of you guys. Anyone can do this. It's more about self-care where it's like if you don't treat someone the right way, it can go this far. We're just trying to warn you, don't go this far. Don't push it. Like if you see the signs of it, don't don't do that. You know, it's it's yeah. really it's I think that um there's a lot of little little things too in there that is like uh a play on uh society and about uh being relatable or the rich versus the poor or picking on somebody or, you know, almost making the audience feel uncomfortable because they know psychologically that they would laugh at somebody like that. Yeah. It, so it kind of turns you on yourself in a way, you know, cause you're like, like you said, you want to root for him because you feel bad for him. But when you really think about it, a lot of people in the audience would seriously laugh at that type of person. So it's almost like yeah, and be on Thomas Wayne's side. I think that's one of the things the movie does so well is like every movie with Batman is like Batman's the hero. Yeah, he has his moments where you're like, oh, is he a hero? But he's really the hero. This movie was like, okay, we're gonna change the perspective here, where it's like we'll say Thomas Wayne is kind of the villain here. He's the reason why all these people became of who they are. The Joker's Joker because of Thomas Wayne. Blah blah blah. It's like I think that's fantastic how. Basically, it made you for like the first time in the theater or like movie wise and cartoon wise, at least for me, is like you got to see like Batman's family as more of like the the dicks than like just the goody old rich people who help people. Yeah. It's almost like and Thomas Wayne is rarely relatable to like a Donald Trump because he's a big businessman and he's like, I'm going to join the politics and and, you know, I'm going to help the poor people. But, you know, obviously his wording, like you said is, uh, you know, I'm going to fix them, or they're clowns, which is yeah. uh, being more honest than so politicians would actually be. It's just, yeah, like, oh, man, I just remember watching it, and, like, 
scenes like that, man, where you're like, I can see this in real life because it probably has happened. I just don't remember it. And like, it's not even just Trump in general, but like the news people, like, and that's one of the controversies. Like, oh, this is promoting, you know, shootings. This is promoting mental sickness, saying you should go out there and kill people. It's not really. It's like you're saying that when like news broadcasters and news channels are there within two minutes of a school shooting showing who the killer is giving him fame showing you who died and they're profiting off that and that thing that's i think that's more crazy is like i i I know we need the news to spread like hey it's a school shooting just be careful that's necessary but like isn't necessary to like show the picture of the killer and all that stuff like i don't cover it for five days straight that's what I'm saying. And like, and like, oh, we're going to have an anniversary. The anniversary, I understand. Locally, like if it's in your town, understandable. It's a small town or even a big town. It affects you hard. When it comes to like national news, though, we're going to show you that every day because we're going to milk it. We want those views in. And I think that's why, like, I think people controverse the movie because they're like, oh, we can relate to it. So it has to be bad. Just because you can relate to them doesn't mean it's bad. But like, then again, like there's some scenes in this movie where you don't want to relate to it. Like there's some like that. The one scene where he uh, where he gets called on to the show and then he's practicing the show in his room, which was that was really cool. Because like we're, we've all been a kid pretending we're on a talk show or something. Exactly, dude. Like that talking about relatable stuff, that's relatable, too. And it's it's weird because I, you know my dream was always to be a professional wrestler. And I think when you want to be a professional wrestler and you imitate stuff, you see, you know, like the promos or the interviews, you kind of do that in the mirror or you do that in a shower, you know, you pretend to, uh, to be that. Cause you imagine, you imagine that you imagine yourself doing that. So it's almost like when he has the delusions of these things, it makes you really think about like yourself, especially me, who's been in a, negative place in the last few months. I mean, I've gotten myself out of that place, but someone who's been there and has been depressed lately, you know, and dealt with an anxiety, it almost makes you, it makes you really uncomfortable. It made me feel dirty because then I questioned myself. Yeah. But I will say that I, I think this movie does open up the idea of mental illness to people to say, Hey, how do we help this person? Because you know, going off of the stuff he's talking about with the social worker or the, the therapist, that's what they would be called technically now. And, but back then, I guess they were social workers. Like he says, all I have is negative thoughts. Like there are people who all they have is negative thoughts and you need that that help sometimes or you need the right people in your life to get you out of that. So I think that this you know, obviously there's going to be the people who are like, oh, when I see someone like that, they're crazy. Or when, you know, wow, there's so many crazy people in this world. Can you imagine the other people that are that think like this? You know, those those people can all go suck a dick. But, you know, the people who actually see this and want to help other people, I think, is is going to be uh, the best thing that comes out of it. Yeah. And it's like it's like. um when the Joker was, uh, what was he? he was talking to the uh, the clerk office, I guess I would call him that. When he goes to the Arkham Hospital to get info on his mom, he's talking to the guy, and he goes, hey, I'm not a professional. I just work the books here. Like You should go see a therapist. And he goes, I can't. The government shut him down because the funding was cut. And that kind of relates to me personally is like relate to schools where it's like we're cutting funding on arts and band because they're not important. We're going to focus on football and stuff, which is whatever. But my thing is like you're going – they're focusing on more what society thinks is more acceptable. Yeah. Like, oh, football was a big thing. 
arts not so much but it's like arts has helped so many people like even though it's an easy a quote unquote thing on like what school you go to but like it's it's a good like form of uh non-physical release that sounds so sexual but you know what i mean like it's more yeah. of a thing where like you can just play everything you want on paper and not get judged by it you can they can see like what you mean whereas like if i drew a really detailed dead body people go wow great drawing on that or if i actually did in person like okay you're going to jail it's just two different sides to it and it's the same exact picture. It, it's just, it's just nutty. It really is nutty. It's also nutty too. How the guy who made this movie made the Hangover movies. Like that's nutty, also. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't mean, I didn't remember who that guy was. So, what do you think of his comments about politically correct or woke culture kind of ruined comedy in a way? Is that what he was saying? I I, th- I think I know what you mean. I think you're on the right track. I don't remember what exactly he said, but I, I, I kind of agree where it's like, for example, the jokes, I, or actually we'll go to this, but the joke Joaquin Phoenix told slash Joker on the, um, the Murray show or Murray, the Murray show. Murray. Uh, <laughs> I love how he said that was just fantastic. But, um, he was like, knock, knock. And he goes, all right, who's there? He goes, it's the police. <laughs> Your son's been killed by a drunk driver. Come to the hospital. Hurry. And everyone's like, that's not funny, Murray. It's that, that's horrible. It's like, it, it kind of is funny, and that's why the movie, like, all the funny moments in the movie are super dark. They're dark humor. And, like, if you look at old comedians, like, the new Dave Chappelle stand-up, I haven't seen it, but I've seen clips of it. Apparently, it goes back to, like, his old roots where he's like, yeah, I'm controversy, and, like, I don't care if you don't like it. I, like, that's that's Dave Chappelle I grew up with. That's the one I like. Is like, the more controversial, it doesn't mean it's more funny. It's just that, like, if it if it's a joke, mm-hmm. it's not be hurtful but it's also funny good but pc nowadays it's like i can't tell a joke where it's like hey you know two two of these genders walk into the bar well, why are those two well it's just a joke well why is it a joke to you those like, i didn't say those are a joke the joke itself is a joke well, that's not funny at all you just take that back and it's like can you just like chill out i'm trying to tell them, if you don't like it you can go away don't criticize my my sense of humor if you judge me for what i laugh at that's kind of more of you being a dick yeah. Um, well, to sum you up so people understand you real quick. Oh, God. Um, you're the type of person, you, like, we always joke about you having Josh jokes because your your jokes are, I wouldn't say offensive, but, but they, they're out there. They're out there. They and, are. you know, um, you also like those, like, dark indie kind of uh, psychological horror type movies a lot. And I mean, y- you like things that are out there. And I talked about it on one of the more recent podcasts where you wanted to really open up the podcast to those type of things and talk about more indie stuff when we started. Yeah. And uh, you didn't want to hold back. And, you know, like I said, Chris Hawk wanted to not swear as much and, and stuff like that because we don't know who would be listening. You know, yeah, plus and, he was having a kid, and I didn't want the kid listening to it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with him at that point. Like, thinking back at it now, it's like, yeah, the one curse word thing, I could have turned it down. Because, like, even when I met my um like my wife, it's like, she goes, wow, you curse a lot. And I was like, yeah, I don't know why. I, I toned it back a little because, like, you know, going into a professional career now, or like even just a career in general, you can't curse as much. I, I've been trying to turn it down. But, like, if you play games with me, man, it's it's no <laughs> whole box. <laughs> High intensity. It really is. But uh, you also... You know, you're the type of person that jokes about your own dad's death. I mean, <laughs> if we're being really honest and open here. You, you know? want to hear us on a joke? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I do. So if anybody like, was the Joker, it's Josh Haddix. 
Kind of is, man. That's, I don't that's, know. Like, Maybe you'd be more Riddler. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I hate making, like, riddles. I've tried making riddles before in high school, and I can't. I'll be like, <laughs> hey, uh, what, what do you sleep on? That's not a riddle. Oh, okay. That's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah. All I got. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of subtle jokes in the movie, too. And the moments where he... Like, right after he kills the three college or Wall Street guys or whatever on the subway, he's running in the street, and he still has his clown shoes on. And he slips. And he sl- but I thought that was funny that he was running with his clown shoes on. You know what I mean? Like, there's little yeah. subtle moments that I thought was funny that I don't think anybody picked up on. Uh, there was another incident, too, that I thought was funny that was real subtle, but I just from the life of me, can't remember the thing that made me laugh. Did was you, the uh, the little guy getting the lock off the door? Um, no. Because I didn't, so it, that's the crazy thing is like, everyone in the theater kind of chuckled or at least like giggled. I, at that scene, I didn't giggle at all. I was like, yeah, this is this is actually nutty. Why are y'all laughing at this? Exactly. Um, like, because like, I, to me, like that was an obvious moment with the director or the guy who wrote the script is like, hey, you should uh, make a funny moment because it's like the first big killing. We don't want to like scare the audience away. And like that, that's cool. If I did that way or whatever. But but do you think that made it more scary? Not scary, but more like serious. Yeah. More raw. Like because it did. Can you imagine being the little the little guy if this was like in a real scenario, you'd be scared like to death. Okay, you just watch the guy you work with get murdered, and then this guy who's going insane and nutty is just, like, trying to make jokes with you, and then, you know, is acting like everything's normal. Like, nothing happened. Like, and the idea of other people laughing at that is also crazy and psychologically, like, intense, too. Yeah. Like, I get that it's dark humor, but, like... Man, because like, like like you said like two minutes ago, like I've seen some indie movies where it's like, oh, hey, there's a short guy getting a lock, for example. This could be funny, but then you're like, no, there's got to be a twist to it. So I was waiting for that twist where it's like he'll kill him. Back of your head, though, and I kind of get why they did the scene the way it was because like, that's kind of like how you know that's what Joker did is like he, he didn't kill the guy because he was like, hey, you've been nice to me. Nothing but nice. You treat me nice. You are good to go. And I think that's where you're like, okay, so he's not killing just to kill. He's doing because like he just he doesn't really want revenge. He wants more of like what would you call it? Not vengeance, but I don't know what to call it. Like he's standing up for himself to people who he's thought he was- almost the reverse idea of Batman. Like where Batman would kill somebody. Well, oh, Batman wouldn't kill anybody, but I'm saying Batman goes after, you know, the bat, the, the bad people like the gangsters and, and the crime Lords and, and people causing a ruckus around Gotham, but he doesn't kill them. It's almost like, at a street level, uh, Joker or this Joker is kind of taking vengeance on the bad people who are affecting real life people, and but killing them. Yeah, that that that's actually a good way of summing it up. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and fun fact: the guy that he killed with the scissors, I looked at him. I was like, "This guy looks familiar. Where have I seen them?" And he played in. Um, if you've seen HBO's True Detective, he played the main bad guy in that, which was a fantastic first season. I have not watched that. First season's good, second season's crap, third season's good. But to, you know, to dive in more of like the mental aspect, you know, as as I was saying, I think it also it opens up the door for people to actually seriously take a look at mental illness and mental health 
which we are. I think we we're, we are getting to that point where it's becoming more serious. Um, but I I don't know. There, there was a lot like like I said, it made me question myself. I felt dirty. Uh, it is uncomfortable. So if you have negative thoughts, personally, I think you should wait to see it until you are in a better mindset. That's my personal opinion. Because it, there's a lot of stuff in it. Like, it's not, I wouldn't say it's real disturbing. But the, the, the parts where, you know, it, it, it brings you back to. Yeah, like where he's by himself in his apartment is where all the uncomfortable shit happens, honestly. Yeah. And if because you, you're like, oh, I'm alone in my house all the time. I do all this stuff. And you're like, I don't, oh, shit. Like, like when he's practicing on the show, like the whole point of showing you that is like, hey, he's going to commit suicide on TV because he's like, you want to hear a joke? And he's hearing the audience in his head clapping and booing when he uh, screws up the gun coming out of his pocket. But he was supposed to commit suicide on TV. But then when he was on TV with Robert De Niro on the Murray show, he was like, you know what? No, Fuck this shit. You guys deserve desire. He was like, what do you get when you mix this and that? He goes, you get what you fucking deserve. And he shot him in the head and said himself because he goes like, I don't deserve to die. They kind of do for doing this shit for a living. I guess uh, what I'm going to ask you is name like five of your favorite things in this movie, whether it's like because I know you're big on like cinematography and you've always liked uh, full one shot scenes and, and you like color palettes and stuff like that. So name like five things, uh, in this film that you really enjoyed. Um, obviously number one is the acting. Like even though De Niro stole it when he's on the screen, I'm glad they didn't give De Niro too much screen time because he can steal a scene obviously. Cause he's fucking De Niro, but Joaquin Phoenix, man, I've been with that guy since day one. When I was a kid, I saw him in the movie Problem Child with, with Steve Martin. And um, the last movie I saw him in in theaters was uh, the You Are Not Really Here. And the movie for that was uh, The Master by uh, Thomas Anderson, which is a fantastic acting movie if you like him and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Rami Malek. They're in that. That's a weird movie. It's an indie flick. It's not weird, but like it's more psychological. But like Joaquin Phoenix, every role he does, he like he goes all out. Like he won the, uh, I think he won an Oscar or a Golden Globe for Johnny Cash. He was good in that. It's a great guy. Um, the second thing I have to say about it is, and not really the color palette, because like every DC movie, if we're gonna be honest, is either really dark or really bright. Mm-hmm. Like it's never in between. I thought that was perfectly fine. I do like his face makeup in this, even though it's simple. Uh, to me, it's more serious in a non Heath Ledger joke way. It is. It just it just fit real well. Uh, number three would have to be the pacing. I surprisingly like really like the pacing. People were like, "Oh, the last half hour is the best part. The first hour is crap." I'm like, "No, you need development." Like, whereas the Batman movies, they can kind of fast forward through all that because everyone knows who Batman is, everyone knows who Superman is, you know. And then Marvel too, everyone knows who Spider Man is. We'll just show a spider biting him for five seconds, and he has powers. Joker's like, "No, nah, we're going to show you where he got mentally and physically and how it happened in his past." And like what happened in his childhood, which we don't really hear about in the uh, live action movies, which I thought was pretty nice. And the good thing is, like, they could have gone the extra mile and showed you his like him as a child getting fucked up. And they didn't. And props on them for doing that. They just use really good script writing, essentially, to make it like I think what is what is shown less is better if you don't see it. Like, it's better to leave up to the imagination because exactly. like, your imagination is always the worst. I think that's the best. Like, for example, we don't know. We still don't know if when he walked into his imaginary girlfriend's house, when you find out she was never really 
with him if he killed her. We never know because then, like, he goes into his room and you see sirens pass by. But then again, every time he's in his room, sirens do pass by. So it could be for her or it could be for another crime. We don't know if she's actually dead or not. And, like, what's cool about the movie, which is number four for me or three, whatever I'm on. How chilling is, was that, though? Because I believed it makes you believe that uh, Zazie Beats is that's her name, right? Is with uh, Arthur. And then, you know, when they show that, it's pretty intense because, you know, they 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 flip you. It's it's, you know. It wasn't like a big musical thing where it's like, dun, dun, dun. It was she, like the, the, the only cue she said was, your name's Arthur, right? And you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like he never dating her. That's, oh, shit. I kind of, I kind of did see it coming, but like, I'm glad that wasn't the main focus of the movie where it's like, oh, it ended with him imagining her. That's like kind of a side plot. So that, that was the main thing. Kind of would have been, eh. Cause people were saying, oh, oh my gosh, like, you know, a black Harley Quinn. It's like, no, it's not, it's not Harley Quinn because, if there's a Harley Quinn, he has to be Joker the whole movie then. There's no point of him having a two-hour movie where it's like, oh, here he is being the Joker, and now here's Harley Quinn. There's no point from that A to Z at all in that quick two-hour movie. To me, it felt quick, too. That's a good thing for a two-hour movie. If it feels quick to me, it's great. Um, I thought the action scenes, like you said, were like, instead of all glitz and glamour, where it's like, we're going to have a car flip eight times and an explosion, and then like 85 people come out with guns, and wow, it's crazy. It's just, it's more gritty. It, it really feels, is. It like, feels real. Like, if you ever seen Taxi with De Niro or a movie similar to that, it's like the the action, there's not a lot of action, but when it hits, it's super, super realistic. Like, when he shoots Murray, that's realistic. When he shoots the guys in the subway, like, damn, that was, like, that, that threw me off guard. Really yeah, quick. and me talking shit. about the mental aspects being uncomfortable, those made you feel uncomfortable because they felt, like I said, raw and real. Yeah, and it's just, oh, man, it's just, nuts because then you weren't sure if it really happened because then he runs to a bathroom and just yeah. starts dancing you're like oh maybe it didn't happen and then, like next thing you know the news the next day it's like yeah three people were gunned down in the subway by a clown what the hell and i wish that girl came forward and was like oh he was just doing this but she left the train so early she couldn't do that because she didn't know what was going to happen so yeah um also, I, I think um oh go ahead continue actually i'm i i'm, I'm running out of ideas you go first go <laughs> i was gonna say i was and i was gonna ask you because Earlier in the movie, they talk about how he was locked away, or he was in a, a psychiatric hospital, uh, and then later, he, in, at the end of the movie, he's in a psychiatric hospital. Uh, total spoilers. They, they kind of teased it in the sense, maybe he was always there. I, I got that, that feeling. I, didn't, I, I, don't, I don't think he was always there. But they leave you up to thinking maybe he was always there. Do yeah, you do you think he was always in that, or or do you think it was just a parallel to maybe like, like this is where you began, this is where you you end up? That's what I was gonna say. I think that's why this movie is also really cool, is because like it's not as simple like oh here's the ending, we're gonna have a cliffhanger. No, it was like it's open ended where it's like it's not really a cliffhanger. We want you guys to talk about it. Whereas I don't think he was in there the whole time, and um, because like it's like I told you earlier before we started, it's like then he would have to tell her the whole story about that, and then if his story was also imaginary, he has to have an imaginary girlfriend in this imaginary story that he's telling to this person, which will kind of be convoluted but like what i do like is i'm glad you mentioned the asylum is because i told you this too in the beginning of the movie when he's talking to his um 
his health worker. And I told friends this too, and they noticed it too. And they're like, holy shit. I was like, yeah. I was like, is that a sign or something? And I looked it up and people were talking about it. So it's like um, when she's talking to him about his, uh, his thoughts or whatever, and he's like, I was better locked up in the hospital. And for like five seconds, it shows him banging his head on the wall. And it goes back to it. If you look at the clocks and the, the frame with the therapist and the frame with him in the asylum, they're in the exact same position on the screen, no matter what screen you're watching on, in the exact same time, too. And so I was wondering if he was just telling the story the whole time. That's what I thought from the beginning. Like, oh, maybe he's just telling this from his head. But then there's there's no way because then, like, you have to have an imaginary girlfriend, imaginary story. And then my thing is, too, when he walked out of that room at the end with blood on his shoes, was that real? Was that not? But I do like the end where he's doing the Tom and Jerry uh, classic cat chase in the uh, mouse scene at the end. That's what Joker did. He, he thought the whole thing was a game to him or, like, it was just simple-minded. And um, it wasn't overboard where, like, oh, I'm going to get in this chair and they're going to give me shots and I'm going to act like I'm a crazy person. No, like, he's genuinely crazy where he's just, like, walking around laughing in the asylum when they're chasing him down. He doesn't care. I think, yeah. it's I think I think it was – I think they captured him after the riots because, like, they could have easily said six months later and then flashed to the hospital. Okay, so it was real. No, it was like, here it is. You're in a hospital. And I, I think he did everything. I would say if one part of the movie is not real – it would have to be maybe I don't even know, man. Because like, besides the girlfriend part, because that was obvious. I don't know. I really don't know. You know, um, if it all is not a hallucination, he basically set up Gotham to be what it is when Batman is fully Batman. He's, That's what I'm saying. He started yeah. the crime. He started the mobsters and, and stuff to take over. He kind of turned it into what it became. Now, originally we don't know how Gotham became the way it was. We don't know, you know, the Joker's origins. We don't, we don't even know the Joker's real name. So, I mean, they play on that in this because he's adopted. So you don't really know his real name anyway, you yeah. know? So it is pretty cool to see a whole, using the Joker to tell the origin of Batman's Gotham and to tell the origin of possibly what inspired the real Joker that we know, because he might just been the start of it all. And the Joker is kind of masking himself after him. Yeah. Like, cause like my theory was also, was like the, the when it came to the clown mask, it was always one guy they showed like in slow motion. It was the guy who rescued him from the car when they crashed it, and they showed him again when he's like when they're first wearing the mask in the city and all that. It's like the guy in a, like a light green coat. It's hard to tell. This movie's kind of dark at those scenes, but like it's like it could be a follower for all we know. And that's why it's brilliant. It's like everyone's wearing the mask, and you're like, oh, this guy's a Joker. It's obvious. And to them, at the time, they didn't know that there could have been a different guy doing all this crazy shit too, just in a regular clown mask, and they're getting the stories confused. And maybe one thinks I'm the other person, and vice versa. Because like for all we know, maybe Arthur Fleck was like imagining another clown doing it and he's saying, Oh, it's me doing it. I'm gonna think it's me, so I get the credit for it, or vice versa. We don't know that. And that's why it's 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 so this movie's so damn good. I love this movie. That's a good point. If he was having hallucinations and he's thinking of this story and making everything up, maybe he saw something on the news or, you know, something he saw while in the uh psychiatric psychiatric hospital, which I would assume become um Arkham Asylum in the future. Yeah. <laughs> but, 
you know, and he just believes he's the the thing, the cause of it, and he's that crazy. Or did he embrace the darkness within him, and you know, everything just came out that way? I don't know. Uh, what would you grade this movie? Like on a scale of one to ten, I believe. One to ten, or you know, any kind of Josh meter you want to grade it on. So, I'll just do one to ten. I don't think I have a Josh meter. I would say, but um, I would say like this is the first like no lie. So like since I was a kid, comic book movies have always been fun to a point. And I think recently, and like y'all can say what you want about Martin Scorsese, I do agree with him. I think the Marvel movies now, not the old ones, now are made for just like theme parks, and they're they're big, they're big fucking market is what it is. Like oh, I, I get into that for hours, but yeah. Have you <laughs> like, seen Have you seen the uh, interview that? Howard Stern did with Robert Downey Jr. about, and he asked him about that. I think that was professional of him. He was like, he goes, "Hey, that's his opinion." He goes, and I respect it because, like, it's a different outlook. He goes, "You can't judge someone else for their opinions. That's the point of life. Is like, it's like no one is ever fully right unless you're like a fucking scientist. But like, no one's ever fully yeah. right when it comes to their opinions. And like, that's why it's like everything is toxic now. It really is. Like, if you're a Marvel fan, or are you like a Marvel fan who is like, oh, Spider Man didn't have that dark of a red suit, or are you a Marvel fan where it's like, yeah, I I thought the Spider Man movie was pretty good, even though it was no one like the books. There's like, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, you can say it in between, like, I like it for a movie, else like a Spider Man, but they're like, no, you get to choose a side. You don't have to choose a side. And I think that's why Joker is also so good, is because like, it's people love it or hate it, but like, if we can, if we can learn to accept other people's opinions on on media and media in the sense of entertainment or art you know and we can share our opinions like we're doing right now because i think it's a great movie i love the storytelling and the way it paces itself and how it tells a story because it's not you know quick bam boom let's forget the plot and just get to how this character became this character you know type of thing where yeah. in a lot of mcu movies that that happens um or in a lot of in a lot of action movies nowadays or movies in general it kind of rushes through the plot to get to a certain climax and with Martin Scorsese even Robert Downey Jr says I will have to take a look at what he's talking about which means he's opened his his mind to his opinion even though he's worked on those movies for over 10 years you know because in a sense I I do I do get what he's saying because it's not storytelling when you're making a movie with under under a, they're literally making that movie within a, a quick time frame now because of cgi and stuff you know the nostalgia and the the jokes and playing on fan service you know is that is that cinematic is that storytelling yeah but there are scenes that are very uh you know, wow, you know, that's, I came to the movie theater to see that scene. Like in Endgame, when uh, they all come out to help Cap, or when Cap picks up the hammer, that's cinematic to me, because I came to the movie to see something badass like that. So I see yeah. both sides. But in my opinion, it's all cinematic. Like, when it came to Endgame, I fought Endgame for hours, because, like, I wasn't a, oh, man, like, ever since, um, after Avengers 2, somewhere after like the last three movies after that movie, I, I didn't fall off the Marvel train, but I was more of like, if I miss one, I don't care. Because it got to the point where they're also doing prequels. And I, I get that, but it's like, if I know this hero doesn't die in the movie, where's the threat? 
Like, where's where's the care? That's that's almost how I feel about Black Widow. Like, why why are we doing a why are we doing a prequel about her? You know, why why don't we do something else? I guess, and unless this a new hero or something. Yeah, unless this really has no effect on anything, it's just for fun. I guess I can understand, but you know, I I don't see the point in it. But that's just my opinion. And as I was saying, you know, yes, if you're a Batman fan and you like story storytelling, I think you should go see this movie in theaters. But I also believe that you can wait on this movie and you don't have to pay the ten dollars. You can wait till you go home to see this movie. You can rip it off of, uh, you know, um, Exodus or whatever. If you have Cody on your fire stick, if you. Yeah, that's still a thing. I really, I really don't think you have to go to the theater to see it unless you're into, you know, unless you're a, a fan of film and you really like uh, an alternate take on superheroes and you like Batman and DC. I tell people, like, too, I, I don't know. It's, I, I'm conflicted because I can see, I don't know, could, could you watch this movie again by yourself? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. See, in my opinion, I don't know if I can watch this movie by myself again unless I'm showing it to somebody else. Yeah, that's, that's like it's like if I watch a movie I liked a lot, but I can't watch it again, I'll watch it again to show someone else. I like, I like reactions, too. Yeah. Like, like when I saw The Raid 2 in theaters, I was like, that was – like it's still like to me like one of the best martial arts movies of all time or action movies in general in my opinion. But – um. I saw that. It was a two and a half hour movie of me reading subtitles. And I thought I'd be bored. I loved it. But yeah. I was like, man, could I watch the first hour again to get to those action scenes? Maybe not. But then, you know, me being at that time uh, <laughs> wanting to show everyone a movie, I took my mom to see it. And she has no idea. And she hates violence. And boy, was that the funnest time of the theater <laughs> I had. Oh, man. She'll never. Oh, she. Uh, ever since that day, she's never seen that movie again. She. She. Uh, it was too much for her. It was great. What was. um. I guess what I was going to ask you is, uh, remember when you showed me the green room when you went to see it again with me? Yeah. How, how was that the second time? That was just fun. It's okay. just fun cause, like you had the same reactions. Uh, this group of like, uh, three guys and like two girls in front of me did when I first saw it. It's like, it wasn't a sold out theater. Cause like at that time, this is before a 24, like actually blew the fuck up. Like it was like on their verge of it. Cause like, I remember going to the theater and watching Spring breakers, their very first film when I was a senior in high school. And that's when, like, all my friends went to go see it. All my friends at that time went to go see it. And it was a sold-out theater. And, like, by the end of the theater, I was like, the only one left in the theater because no one liked the movie. And I thought, wow, this company is pretty cool. I want to see more by them. And they didn't really blow up until, I think, Ex Machina came out because that won Best CGI at the Oscars. And yeah. that was a really cool movie. But, um, no, like, seeing it a second time with you was just fantastic because – yeah, the same reactions as that group in front of me because I was like, oh, that's why like at some moments if I've already seen the movie and I look at you all weird or I look at someone weird next to me. They're like, what? I'm like, just watch the movie. Like, I'm waiting for that that big giant like random ass scene to happen. We're like, what the fuck? Cause, like, like I get bored. You can look at my YouTube history. I go up and like look up reactions to certain movies because I'm bored. I just love – I like basically I'm rewatching the movie with someone else. That's how it is. It's like yeah. you get a different response every time. That's why it's so fun. I didn't mean to cut you off and go into this rant about understanding each other's opinions and, <laughs> and uh, you know – basically opening up to each other and, and, and being comfortable with sharing each other's opinions on entertainment or art. But back to your grade. Um, so this is the, f- Oh my God, this is the, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Of the I'll Joker. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll finish my sense that I, I ran to a rant with. That way it's not a rant anymore. This is the, the first comic book movie. Well, I wouldn't even say it's based on comic book. Like, the first, like, I would say comic book-related movie, that's kind of fair to say, that I have I've 100% enjoyed from beginning to end. And I didn't need a popcorn to enjoy it. I didn't need a soda. I didn't need any of that, even though I was eating food. But I was eating <laughs> cheese. Different. But, like, I had a water, so I didn't have a Coke to kick me out. I didn't, need, I didn't need caffeine. The water was fine. But, um, like, I enjoyed it from beginning to end. It was – it's a movie where, like, right when the credits rolled, I was like, I need to go watch it again. I wanted to watch it again the same day. But I'm also low on money right now. But I really want to watch it again. Uh, it's one of those movies, too, where it's like, there's a steelbook for it. I'll buy it. I'll pre-order it day one. So I love collecting steelbooks, obviously. But um, this is also the first of this year. I'm giving this rating out. It's it's no movie's perfect. This is a ten out of ten for me. Wow, it that's rare. I mean, that's rare coming from me, honestly. Yeah, I think the only other movie you gave a ten out of ten to was uh, oh, what was that movie? Did you like, you liked La La Land, didn't you? Or oh, did, you... did I give that a ten? I think I did give it a ten. Yeah, you like La La Land, and someone hated I thought, it. I forget I, who. Uh, I think no, Chris Hawk liked it. And oh. you like it. it might have been John Kenoki. Oh no, no, no. They didn't hate it. They didn't have it on their list though. It was their mention. And then like you you had it at, like a like a eight and Chris Hawk was like, it's a mention, because like I watched it again, it wasn't that good. And I was like, listen, this is the best movie of the fucking year right here. <laughs> so ten crazy? out of ten for the for the Joker. For, yeah. From Josh Haddix. That's my highest rated film of the year, and my second as of right now, I think is uh John Wick three or Midsummer. It's one of the two. Man, Midsummer, that is a Josh Haddix movie. Did you watch that? No, I didn't watch it yet, but the when you were describing it to me when at when I came up for your wedding and, you know, it, to to have people understand you more, that's a Josh Haddix movie. Man, it's yeah, cuz like it's like when you were there at the table and I was like, "Oh, Midsummer." Everyone's like, "What's that?" I was like, "You didn't hear about Midsummer? This shit's fucking nuts." And like the thing, <laughs> it's like a horror movie. It's like the, the crazy thing, if you go to A24's website, if you get the Blu-ray, you can win a a a free like couples therapy session cuz like it's not it's not about the reason why my fiance liked it and she hates horror movies is because it's not a fucking horror movie. It's a goddamn breakup movie with some fucked up scenes in it. Your it wife really now. is that. Oh, my wife, yeah. yeah. Like there's some scenes where like the scariest part isn't because of what's happening on screen. It's it's how these couples are so real on screen. It's, it's fucking scary. I'm going to have to try to watch it later. Yeah. If you want the director's cut, it's on Apple only. Apple got the director's cut. That's the only way you can watch it. And I'm pretty pissed really? about that. Yeah. They, uh, the Blu-ray release is just regular. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I, I, I think it's if you want to sit down and and be along for a ride and see uh you know a DC character uh be told from a different perspective than you're different than than you're used to yeah and you are for me in a good place mentally i think you should definitely go to the theater and see this if you are if you don't mind waiting if you don't really you know you go to the theater to, you know, if you're not a big movie theater person, I don't think this is something you should go out of your way to go see or pay for unless it's at home and you can rent it. Yeah. Um, 
but I enjoyed it. I think it was pretty good. I can see how people can find the first half boring, um, but I was along for the ride. I'd probably give this movie an 8.8 out of 10, which is still pretty high. That's that still pretty high on your scale. It really is pretty high. Yeah. But that's our Joker review. Uh, thank you, Josh, for being on. I'll probably thank you like three more times before we end this. But is there anything else you wanted to mention or talk about while you have your voice out there on the podcast? Um, I said before, and I'll say it again. If you guys have Amazon Prime, I was looking at their list of free movies that are on right now as of uh, October 11th, which is today. Uh, Climax is on there. That was one of my favorite movies of last year. Uh, try and watch that. It's a French foreign movie by a guy who's made some very controversial uh, movies. This is, in my opinion, one of his best ones. Uh, if you like being really it's it's a nutty movie it basically a bunch of dancers are um training for an event or something like that and they're locked in overnight because they want to focus and someone laces the punch bowl of lsd and shit it's a fan fast like it's not like <laughs> green room it's violent but like i'm saying yeah. like this is some shit where you're like i is this is it's gonna fuck you up it really is it, it fucked me up for a day or two i'm not gonna lie uh good times is also on amazon prime watch that uh, Robert Pattinson. I never thought I'd like him. He's fucking phenomenal in that movie. Um, uh, there's another movie on there. I can't remember what it was, but a lot of good movies from last year are free to watch. Just go out there and watch them. They're really good. Josh, I appreciate you coming on and being a part of the podcast. Always, you know, you are always a part of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Actually, I, I'm going to ask you one last thing because I asked is. John and I asked Chris, what has the podcast meant to you when you've done it? Or from doing it, what has it meant to you, I guess? Or what have you gained from doing the podcast? I gained, like, so I never met, so like, for example, like, one of the main things I gained is uh, I met John Kenoki, great guy. I met Chris Hawk, great dad, and great father. Did they have two kids now? He only has one kid now, right? Two. He has two? Good. Wait, did he always have two? Uh, No, they didn't always have two. Yeah, I think when I was there, he had the one, right? Yeah, he, yeah, they were having the one or something. Um, Great dad, and like he's like his brother's pretty cool. I met his brother once. Well, I was on a podcast with him, wasn't I? I think we yeah, did one time with him. We talked about Star Trek Beyond. That's right, and I still follow him on Facebook. I mean, I hope I hope you're doing well, uh, Tyler. Right, Tyler. Yes. Hunt. I hope you're doing well, man. I follow you on Facebook. You post a lot of Godzilla stuff, and you post a lot of stuff about looking for jobs. Hope you're doing well, man. Um, I've met. Well, I also met, and through meeting you. Before we started the podcast, I met, you know, wonderful people who have Lyme disease, stuff like that. It's, it's, it's <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> Shout out to that person if you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> that's horrible. Um, but no, it's like, it's like, it's kind of like, I mean, speaking of this movie, I'm not going back to the movie, but like, um, when it comes to like breakdowns, I don't, I don't really cry a lot, but when it came to like every now and then, like, my wife's like, why don't you go out with so-and-so tonight? I'm like, I don't like, I don't talk to so-and-so anymore down here because they're, they're doing this now or this. I don't like, I don't have time or like, they don't have time. It's just, it's not worth it out. She's like, do you like, do you miss them in Virginia Beach? I'm like, yeah. I was like, I miss doing the podcast a lot. It, it, to me, it's like, it's not a way of venting, but it's a way of like talking to people who have like the same level, if not can teach you more 
of a, a thing I really enjoy, which is a first for that. Like I've, I've tried like going on like those, like Googling, like, Hey, uh, film groups in Kentucky and you go out to them and it's either people who are 80 years old watching Charlie Chaplin films, which I'm like, fuck that. No, I'm like, I've seen them. They're boring. No offense. I get that you're old. You grew up with that. That's cool. I'm not going <laughs> to jump. Or it's the ones where it's like, Hey, we're a bunch of frat boys. We're going to go watch the new truth or dare movie. Oh, it's probably scary. No, fuck that. <laughs> like it's, people like like you and people like that who like have like not necessarily the balls but like just like they don't care what people think that's what's fantastic about it is like i learned from the podcast like not to care what people think like i've shown my my wife um multiple movies like for example climax or like some movies where like it, it's pushing the envelope for a regular movie guard not because it's like it makes you think but because of like the shit you're seeing is not shit you would see like in american or at least nation nationwide uh film and like, and since I've done it, I've gotten her to like more movies I've liked and also hate a lot more I like. But I mean, like, it's just nice for her to like branch out too. And it's just fun, like being able to branch out to like-minded people and either learn more or help them learn and process with you. It's like a whole circle of getting. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It really is. We got to talk about the boys. God, we have to. That, maybe we can do a, did you already do a Hill House one? No. Because Halloween time, maybe there's some Halloween. Oh, that's right. You know what? We should... You should give us a list of movies to watch, and then we'll review it. Oh, no. <laughs> How many movies? Because um, I've, I've told my wife's friends at work, like, hey, my boyfriend or my girlfriend likes horror movies. Does, she, does your husband know any good ones? And she goes, well, it depends. Like, he's seen a lot of fucked up ones. Like, what's scary to you? And, like, people are like, oh, Child's Play. Okay, cool. I like 80s classic movies, too. And some people are like, well, I've seen this one fucked up movie. Can you show me a more fucked up one? And then I tell them to watch it, and they do. And she goes, yeah, they don't talk to me anymore. I was like, all right, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. like, like tell me your boundaries, man. Like, I don't have any. But yeah, I'll make a, I'll probably uh, post the list on uh, Facebook, or I'll send you a list of, like, maybe five to ten movies that I always try to watch or do watch at Halloween time or movies that remind me of Halloween. Cause some movies I watch around Halloween time aren't even like Halloween themed. They're just horror movies or they give me a Halloween mood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Heck yeah. I mean, I think you've seen trick or treat, right? Yes. Uh, well, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I have. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Uh, there's not like, cause when it comes to Halloween, it's one of the ones where like, there's not really a hidden gem because everyone at Halloween time is like, I'm going to watch these horror movies. And you don't hear it at Christmas time where it's like, I'm going to watch these 40 Christmas movies or I'm going to watch these 40 Thanksgiving movies because I don't think there is 40 Thanksgiving movies. But, you know, I can name one planes, trains, automobile. That's all I can think of. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Halloween time, like there's there's some gems out there. I would say try out that like might not be like Oscar worthy, but like there's some moments where you're like, damn, that's pretty unique. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of those movies that you watch, Josh. That are like, oh. damn, that's pretty unique. I didn't want to. <laughs> that's out there. That scene. Holy shit! Oh my god! Yeah, I gotta watch the house that Jack built. Still. Yeah. Oh my god! That. Yeah, yeah. Please let me Did know how that. It? No, I didn't watch it, but please let me know what you think. Waste. <laughs> <laughs> to... No, I didn't want. I didn't want to watch it. I'm only. He's only made one movie I liked, and that was uh, Antichrist. Surprisingly, I liked that movie a lot, even though it's really fucked up. Yeah. Anyway, uh, make those lists, and I will definitely try to watch that those movies. But thank you again for coming on. Thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, there's a lot of people that liked it, and there's it seems like maybe a few who didn't like it. I don't know how split it is, but uh, if you didn't like it, let us know. Anyway, yeah. for that, we're Cinema 7. Hope you have a good rest of your day. 
Peace out. Peace out. It always ends in a tie. There is no need in the divide. I cry at the jokes. Explain. Oh, but if I had known, if I had known, if I had known, I would have never believed. I'll never smoke my chain. Whoever measures the crest, all they can have my broken chest is a staring Bye, guys.